Hi, this is Rach, the Keto Vegan. In today's episode, I chat to Paloma, who's based in Switzerland. Find out when she became a vegetarian first and then a vegan, how her parents supported her in that or not. What would you do if your child at 10 years old wanted to stop eating animals? Also, find out how she got into the role that she's doing now. She's an animal communicator. Listen to the story about she, how she heard a horse speak to her. As usual, if there is anything you want me to answer, anything you want me to cover, do contact me, contact at rachelgtherapy.co.uk. All the details are below the podcast. This is the Keto Vegan Podcast, um, and so I want to talk to you about you being a vegan and your journey towards that and how did you become a vegan why did you become a vegan so can you tell me the start of your story please Paloma when I was a child yeah I realized very quickly that animals were my friends yeah and I didn't want to eat friends no I understand <laughs> that it's harsh so Really, when I was a child, I already said to my parents, I didn't want to eat meat. Yeah. And um, they were not very happy with that. They actually forced me to eat meat once a week. Okay. They thought that I needed meat in order to grow properly yes. and healthy. Yeah, of course. And so um, yeah. That's... How long? How long ago was that? If you don't mind me asking, that's a bit cheeky, isn't it? I'm sorry. <laughs> so, what sort of decade are we talking? Well, I was born 1966. Okay, so are we talking the 70s here? How old? Yes. So you were a young child when you yes. realized you just didn't want to. Yes. Okay. Yes. So the the what vegan options were there? There weren't the alternative proteins as there are now, but I guess there are lots of pulses and lentils and beans. What So they allowed you to not eat meat six days a week. Is that correct? Yes, right. Okay. Yeah. So what did, what did you eat to get your protein? Because so many people still say, don't they, that you know, you need, what about your proteins? How can you be this? How can you be that? You're not going to get enough. Even today, people are still saying that. So back in the 70s, how did you get a balanced, nutritious diet? Well, I don't know, because I was a child back then. So okay. we would need to, we would need to ask my mom. But <laughs> <laughs> you're still alive today. So it obviously oh, yes. worked. And, um, and very healthy. So yes. Yeah. When you, you were forced to eat meat once a week, emotionally, how did you cope with that? Oh, that was terrible. It was terrible. Was it traumatic? Would you say yeah. you were traumatized from that? Yeah. Okay. I yes. can imagine it was horrible. And it they was. Were, okay. So what would you say um, to these parents now? Because I'm I'm a teacher as well, and I've got a, a number of students who've only, since they've got old enough to go shopping for themselves, have only been able to go plant-based because their family would not allow it at all. What would you say to parents that um, 
well, what would what is what would you say to parents when you've got a child that wants to be plant based, but you're a meat eater? How do you think they should tackle it? What do you think they should do? Well, they should definitely support the child because for the child, it's really traumatic. I mean, I, I can remember when my mom was cooking liver. Oh, I ran to the bathroom and actually vomited. Oh, goodness me, Paloma. And um, they thought I was doing it on purpose. Yes, but you weren't. I, no, <laughs> I mean, I got no. really sick. Good and I, I, remem I remember one day my, my dad, uh, he bought a fish, and mm. a whole fish, you know. And yes. so he wanted to show me how to prepare the fish. And he cut the fish open and took the things that are inside the fish outside and i mean i ran to the bathroom to vomit again and i mean they really got mad at me because they thought i was doing it on purpose so they didn't get it they didn't understand no, no. where your heart was they had no idea good grief that must have been challenging did you do you have brothers or sisters no okay so you didn't have support from siblings no at all you, it was you and how you deeply felt it was me and me yes, yes. goodness <laughs> me that must have been tough what about any friend were you quite unique in your friend group as well or did you have any friends that were like-minded no not at all I, I mean I didn't really talk to other children about it no but um fortunately I found a way to get rid of adults trying to convince me okay. that I needed to eat meat. <laughs> Tell me how you did that. That sounds quite interesting. Well, I was about 10 years old. Okay. And as a child, I loved to watch um, documentaries, animal documentaries. Yes. So obviously there are animals that kill other animals and eat meat. Yes. And there are animals that are plant-based. Yes. So when adults tried to convince me, I came up with this story. Go on. I said, look, I cannot kill an animal and gut it. I just can't. Yeah. And most adults said, I can't either. No. And then, and then I went on and said, so that means nature hasn't given me the right to eat meat. Wow, I like that. That's good. I can go into garden, pick up a salad, prepare yes, it and eat yes, it. Yeah. I can walk up to an apple tree, pick up an apple and eat it. I can do that. Yes. That means nature has given me the right to eat those things. And I refuse to belong to the scavengers. Yeah. Yeah, that's a and you said you were 10 years old. I was about 10. Yes. Goodness me, you're quite bright. <laughs> <laughs> that passionate and bright. How incredible. How incredible. So this absolutely love for animals has obviously carried on um to sort of later years and everything because of the work that you're doing now. You're helping families and pet owners connect with their pets. So I bet that gives you a lot of satisfaction. How does that job feel? To, how did you get into that job? <laughs> well, 
Um, I always wanted to work with animals yes, since I, I was a child. I'm not surprised. <laughs> However, my dad forced me to start an apprenticeship in a bank and do commercial right. school. Okay. So, but I still kept the connection to animals. Yes. I always had animals around me. And one day I actually was coming back from horse riding to the yeah. barn, mm -hmm. put my horse in the paddock and was about to leave. And there was nobody else at the barn. It was summer 1998. Okay. And um, then I heard somebody say stop now you can imagine you know me sort of saying uh what <laughs> it's nobody here how on earth am I hearing a stop wow <laughs> so I thought well maybe it's the neighbor who has seen me want something so I turned around looked around nobody there and then I had the feeling I had to go back to the paddock in the paddock there was a white horse standing next to my horse fixating me you know looking very intensively yes and then I had the feeling I had to go back and I had to turn around the corner and around the corner the the horses usually had two um, two containers full of water yeah. now the containers were tipped over and they had not a single drop of water so I put up the containers filled in filled him with water looked around saw the horse watching me and I thought well okay the horse is probably thirsty yeah. so the horse comes up to me puts its nose in one container doesn't drink puts its nose in another container doesn't drink looks at me and I have the feeling I hear a thank you <laughs> now there I was standing you know <laughs> jaw dropped sort I'm of not surprised <laughs> What just happened? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I I really, I had to go home and I had to tell the story to somebody. I couldn't tell it to my then husband because he wouldn't have understood it. No. <laughs> and um, I, back then I was in a so-called email group. Yes. You know, before social media and forums and all that stuff, there were email groups where people came together and exchanged emails. Yeah. And we were talking about natural horsemanship there. So I told the story there. I just wrote it to everybody and didn't expect an answer. Yeah. But I received answers. And somebody, you know, was saying, oh, the horse contacted you. Oh, that was animal communication. Oh, the horse talked to you. And I was like going, what, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> What's happening here? <laughs> so, yeah, I I did some research, came up across Penelope Smith, who is a pioneer in animal communication. Yeah, she already said in the seventies that she was talking to animals, and um, yeah, that's how I started animal communication. Wow. So, did you were you sort of doing it then at the beginning voluntarily, and just if people wanted a little bit of understanding about their pet or animal because you're now doing it am I right in thinking that you're doing it full time I am yes wow so starting with your horse sending you a very clear message like we're going to be thirsty here I think that's incredible and I think it shows the sensitivity that you have 
picking that up as well. You must be so connected. Um, but how did it grow from that horse and then that email address? Did people then start, did the word spread? Did people, did the animals tell each other as well? Like, there's that woman, <laughs> there's that woman that she'll get, she'll hear you, she'll hear you. Well, I, I, I read books, you know, written by Penelope Smith and I listened to her cassette tapes. Now, back then there were cassette tapes. Yes. Yeah. Back then, I, don't, <laughs> to, I guess a lot to, of people don't know what they are. <laughs> exactly. So it was actually a, 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 an information carrier that we had yes. back then. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and um, and then in the year 2000, Penelope Smith came to Switzerland. So I took her courses and I oh, really wow. became a, a professional animal communicator. Wow. And obviously, I told people. Yes. I actually told people I was talking to animals. And you can that, imagine. That been interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine a lot of people, you know, thought of she's crazy. Yeah. Actually, including my mom. She confessed it to me many years later. Okay. She really thought I had gone crazy when I started yes. to tell her yeah. that I, I talk to animals. <laughs> well, so you have shared that with them. Did you, um, that is, what an incredible story. How lovely, how unique. I don't, I don't suppose there's many of you. Um, just back to your parents whilst I think of it. Did, did they ever understand in the end, were you able to talk to them? about how you felt as a child no my dad I think never understood it yeah no my mom eventually did I think okay because oh yeah there is a, a very interesting story you know at one point I moved back in with my mom because she needed help yes. you know she she was handicapped and she needed help so I moved back in with my mom and back then I was vegetarian. Yeah. And my mom was doing the cooking, you know. Okay. So, yeah. So she knew that she couldn't cook any meat Yeah. when I was there. Now, there were some weekends where I was, you know, teaching or, or going to courses or whatever. I just, I wasn't at home. Yeah. Now, she then actually cooked meat for herself okay so one day i come back and she tells me paloma maybe you know what happened to me <laughs> what happened she, well you know i went to the shop i got this really nice juicy meat mm -hmm. piece of meat i cooked it I was so looking forward to eating it. I ate it. It was really good. And afterwards, I got so depressed. And I had to cry. I was just crying and crying. Oh. And I didn't know what happened. Can you oh, explain? Wow. And I said, wow. yes, mom, I can. That was the animal's feeling that actually went into the meat. Yeah. And you ate them. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, oh, wow. You know, the amount of cortisol that rushes through those animals before they're slaughtered yeah. is phenomenal. How so she'd picked up that sensitivity as well. You must have your vibration must have rubbed off on her. I think that's wonderful. 
Wow. Yeah, I, th I think, you know, because she didn't eat so much meat anymore, yes. you know, and then all of a sudden she she ate this piece of meat. Yeah. She must have gotten a piece of meat of an animal that was really, really stressed and was yes. really, really afraid and panic. Yes. And, you know, and so, yeah. yeah. So you are one of the first vegans I've spoken to that... Um, became a vegan not because of watching a documentary so yeah. many people you know we we have our heads in the sand for so long and sort of avoiding the issue and then it hits us because there's a documentary that we watch either accidentally or somebody's recommended it and then I found so many people I've spoken to that's life-changing so Paloma you're one of two people that I know so my daughter saw the hog roast and changed and you, you decided you, you know, I love animals. Why would I want to eat them? Mm. So again, it's it's very interesting finding out people's journeys and how they got to where they did. And so you were a child. My daughter was a young child. And I think, you know, I think if we've avoided it until we're adults, we'll continue to avoid it because we don't want to address what is actually happening until it hits us in the face like it did me um about 10 years no about six years ago mm. yeah so with with your vegan journey you know you did that on your own very much didn't you you didn't have well you're vegetarian vegan you didn't have support you got that strength from within and that yes. love and compassion for animals which kept on driving you I mean was there any support you said you mentioned uh, a husband previous husband was he plant-based no oh dear no. lord not at all <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> why didn't that last then <laughs> you don't have to answer that I'm joking sorry <laughs> so but have you had you know through the years have you had support with the plant base are there I guess there might be more people now that are sort of understanding I I had very very little support to no support yeah. other than being able to hear animals which is pretty exceptional but is there something that other something else that people wouldn't believe about you no, I think... I'm not really very exceptional. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think hearing animals is pretty. Some lots of people would think that's nonsense, but I think that just shows the connection and the connection. You know, everybody. You know, actually, everybody can do that because the technique used here is conscious telepathic communication. Okay, so what does that mean? We are born speaking conscious telepathically. Conscious telepathy is nothing more than a normal language, like English, Spanish, German, Italian, whatever. Sure, okay. And we come into this world communicating consciously, telepathically. And every mother will know yes. that it's right when I say that you know Right before the baby starts crying, you know it's going to start crying now because it's hungry. Yeah. It's going to start crying now because I need to change the diapers. Yes. It's going to start crying now because it's got a sore throat. You know it. Yeah. It's not a guess. 
it's you know it yeah absolutely and that is the child communicating with you on a conscious telepathic level you picking it up intuitively on an unconscious telepathic channel because there are two ways of communicating telepathically it's conscious telepathic communication and unconscious telepathic communication and the unconscious telepathic communication goes on it's on that channel is on all the time yes i'm sure you have had the situation where you thought of somebody and that somebody called yeah everybody has 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 had that situation you know so that is unconscious telepathy Excellent. That's a really clear explanation. Thank you. That's really good. So what would you say has been one of the key life lessons that you have had over the years? We are all one. Yeah, I agree with you. We are all one and animals are not here for us, but with us. Yeah. Yeah. I I absolutely am with you. We are from the same space dust, as some people would say. Absolutely. We need to encounter them on eye level. Yes. On did you say eye level? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, not our level, eye level. Yeah. Eye level. Yes. That's great. Thank you so much. So before we finish, is there anything else that you'd like to share? Well, I think consciousness is people people are getting more and more conscious. Yes. And that is good. Yeah. That is really really important. It's important to live in the moment. We can learn so much from animals. Animals live in the moment. Yes. And we can learn so much from them. If we stay in the moment and lift the moment and allow the moment to be, yeah, and just embrace the moment, we can live our life in a much more harmonious way. I absolutely am with you. I'm so on the same page. It's taken me the last, I'd say, 15 years to sort of start understanding that more, but that's that's lovely. Yes, we are all connected. We are all one. That's great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed speaking to you. You're welcome. 